Hi there, I'm Dave Shulman, Chess President for 2022, and we're here for another conversation with Chess Leadership. I meet today with Dr. Jess Balzang. Jess Ball, welcome, man. Welcome, thank you. Uh, tell the crew a little bit about yourself, uh, what you do at home when you're not here living in Chessland. Sure, I'm a pulmonary critical care physician. I've been in Charlotte, North Carolina for about 15 years now, where I'm a part of a large health system called Atrium Health. I'm the, I have two roles there, or two turbans I wear, you might say. Um, the medical director of critical care practice and education is one role, the second role being medical director of innovation and quality improvement in pulmonary oncology. So I have a lot of fun and and I uh, have a lot of a lot of I have a great time and chess is a big part of it. I'm glad that chess is a great part of it uh, and you've been a great contributor and we'll get to that in a little bit. Talk to me a little bit about your your first exposure to chess and then sort of your climb up to the, the current position. Yeah, so I was involved in chess as a fellow, got to go to the other courses, the free offerings, took advantage of those educational opportunities. But I think as a, uh, when I got invited to teach one of the courses alongside some of the other young faculty as well, I just really enjoyed the interaction. The really, chess does a great job with really encouraging not just lecture-based education, but really simulation-based, which I'm a huge passion for. And so it's been a lot of fun. So, but it's a lot of work, right? You have to kind of invest in yourself. You have to be critical of yourself to how to teach, how to get better at teaching over time. So I've spent a lot of time becoming a better educator across my career, and that's been a lot of fun. Now your current role, I'm gonna get the nomenclature right, I hope, mm -hmm. one would hope I could get it, is you're a domain task force lead, is that right? Correct. What, what does that mean? <laughs> so the domain task force, which I'm still figuring out sometimes, but it's really the idea of getting a bunch of experts who, under, who wanna really contribute and develop educational offerings related to a simulation domain under what's called a live learning subcommittee. So what the idea is, the mechanical ventilation domain task force really focuses on management of invasive and non-invasive mechanical ventilation for, for learners in an environment where it's mostly simulation or interactive based. So education committee, live Correct. learning subcommittee, and then this mechanical ventilation domain task force which you chair is one. Correct. How many different? Give us how many different task forces? There's are about there? five other, four or five others. Um, so we have a ultrasound task force. We have besides um, mechanical ventilation, we have ultrasound. We have a bronchoscopy uh, or interventional pulmonology task force. We have a um, and now a new mechanical circuitry, mechanical circuitry support or uh, ECMO task force. Um, and so and I think those are the main ones. It might be missing one or two. Sure. Now, in your particular space of mechanical ventilation, you run a number, right? Those are courses both here at Chess headquarters, but also at the annual meeting. Correct. How many, a ballpark, how many different courses fall under your domain? At least two in the Glenview office, um, in the sim simulation headquarters, Chess headquarters, and then about um, 15 of them at the Chess meeting. All together between different days, several different courses offered multiple different days. But so about ends up being about fifteen different courses to like sort of if you, if you really piece it out. And when you construct a course, so this is one of the most interesting things to me. It's like I, I understand the globally, we want to talk about mechanical ventilation. We want to talk about non-invasive ventilation. But when you're designing a course, how do you? How does the team work together to kind of put together the right? combination and, and sort of make the mojo happen with a combination of good lecturers and then hands-on simulation and maybe some self-directed learning like what's the what is there a special sauce as a magic mixture that kind of that you work together to make I think the, sac the secret sauce is working together with the chess leadership, with the staff, with the learners, with the feedback. Generally speaking, we'd like to be more interactive, less, di less didactic, and more sort of, let's get the learners to touch things, to see things, to watch things, use their senses in a different way than I think other societies or other offerings offer, which is nice. And so 
then how do you, how do you, that's nice generically, but then how do you put it together? So you put it together in various forms. We, have, we sort of have a, a bunch of us sort of look at each other's proposals and critique them and say, hey, you know, this sounds good. This sounds not so great. Let's work on this together and let's kind of get different people. And luckily we have a great team, not just of physicians, but also respiratory therapists, education specialists, and then we get feedback from our audiences. And sometimes they're a win, sometimes they're a miss. And so we keep tweaking that process. You mentioned the respiratory therapist, the non-physician members, and I think that your domain task force, I don't want to say it's the only one, but I feel like it's the one most well-stocked with non-physician members. I think that's one of the things that at CHEST we, we struggle with, because we really want more engagement from the non-physicians, the nurse practitioners, the nurses, the PAs, the RTs. How, how do these, if, if I'm a respiratory therapist and I really love chest, like how would I potentially throw my hat in the ring, let you know that, hey, I, I'm a, I do a lot of mechanical ventilation, I'd like to get more involved? So there's a process, um, and the process is typically going through um, contacting one of the domain task force leaders or just going to a course and enrolling and seeing what it's about. I think sometimes people want to teach and sort of get involved, but they haven't even seen what we do. And, Doing what we, seeing what we do oftentimes is actually not as easy as it sounds. Yeah. And for, it's not for everybody, you know, because it actually does require certain amounts of stresses and strains and skills that's not for everybody. And some people are great at it, some people are not so great at it, and that's, not, that's okay. So first thing is figure out whether it's what you want to do. Secondly, then try to attend or at least be learn of a course or at least observe a course. And then three, if that's kind of what you, where you see yourself having a passion for, show us and come on up and then contact us. And we'd love to see more people get involved. You mentioned earlier today, uh, actually I think on Twitter, uh, something that sort of is near to dear to my heart, which is sort of watching other people teach. So I'm gonna give you a chance both to talk about people and about toys. We'll start with the people first. Like what's, uh, you can compliment one of your colleagues here or someone else, like what's somebody you've watched, who is somebody you've watched teach and you've said, man, that person is magical, they've got some skill. What, so you can name check them if you want, and what is that skill that you've seen that you're like, wow, that's really cool, I'd like to, I'd like to teach a little bit more like that. Yeah, so I've been blessed in my career. I've had some great teachers and mentors, and I've had a few of them. So, but I was to name people specifically for the, especially the mechanical ventilation task force, we have a couple of people that are just phenomenal. So I have Neil McIntyre, Dr. McIntyre, I trained under, I worked under, I learned from him, and I still watch him, and I just, the way he, is with his knowledge base does a great job of taking a very some very complex concepts and making them relatively easier to understand for people like who are not as advanced right and i think that's great very polite very cordial very you know not standoffish and i would say that equally i have another person who's very involved with is dr david bowden so dave is also equally just sort of super knowledgeable and just has a way of thinking through things in a way that it's just it's great to watch and and over time you get to know these people and they're wonderful people and so they're gem of, gems of person of 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 of, of uh, clinicians and so to get to watch them in action in different domains it's really fun so i've gotten to know dave a little bit more so dave's been an active participant in our part in the interruption sessions and he actually shockingly won one year we still don't know how it happened we think it was some sort of a voting error um another great thing that i think is sort of chest wide but also specifically in the simulation space are the cool toys so like what's a cool toy that maybe five or ten years ago you're like well that can't exist and now it's something that you have incorporated into your simulation component yeah, there are a lot of cool toys <laughs> you know there are a lot of cool toys that are out there and uh and without uh getting too much in the detail, I would say that, you know, some of the mechanical ventilation simulation toys that are out there, sort of the ability to simulate diseased lungs, it's pretty neat. Like you can't do that, like you can very easily 
in a other simulation environment. So I teach simulation at my home institution, for example, and there are certain toys that are just not within the purview of most simulation centers. And so CHEST has a number of different things, including um, a couple of different advanced ventilators and such. And so, and we have a few sim rooms, which is particularly cool is you can go from room to room to room and actually have in a, in a very fast and high yield fashion, have learners, participants go through and see different scenarios quickly and in an hour, just the amount they can learn and understand and, and in a different way than a lecture can really gain and you can see that aha moment just come through in so many different ways and it's so fun. Uh, rumor has I've not seen it yet that there's also a biological sample in play today. Is that right? Correct. We have a we have a we have some pig lungs. We have some other things that are there. What do you do? What, so what? Why? What's the advantage of using a pig? Like what? What is the advantage of actually using biological tissue in a simulation like this? Because biological tissue is people. It's one thing to sort of have a you know a bunch of dials and buttons, but when you actually see it actually translate to sort of like oh this is how real tissue behaves when I put it under certain stresses. And I think that helps the learners really understand like, okay, that's what I'm doing. When I adjust a ventilator, or if I do a procedure, this is kind of what's happening to a human, you know? And you can make that relationship a lot more easily uh, attainable in terms of the, their mind understanding what's happening when I make a certain adjustment. All right, so well, I'm going to close with a couple of rapid-fire questions. These are things that we did not prepare you for, but things that we sort of asked others to get a little bit more to know you from a sort of uh, social, sort of collegial standpoint. Uh, what, is a, uh, what is a guilty pleasure movie? What's a movie that, you know, maybe it's on TV and you're like, nobody likes this movie, but I'm going to watch this movie every time I'm flipping around and it's on. Yeah, I, I, I'm guilty pleasure is Fast and Furious. Really? Fast and Furious I've, series, it's always on TV. My, fa my family hates it, but I will watch it. I don't even know that's a guilty So I've, I have to admit, I've never seen one. Oh, I know they're big. Out. No, I know, and I know I am. It's on that thing that I should. So, but I feel like that's sufficiently popular. Like everybody kind of loves them, and I'm always embarrassed to admit in public that I've never digested any of them. Because yeah. I feel like it's all about crashing things and explosions, and yeah. but that makes you happy. It's just entertaining. Okay, and I think it's fun. Well, uh, what's the so? Well, now flip to music. So, what's the song that when it's on the radio, you're going to sing it in the shower loudly and proudly as long as nobody else can hear you? Well, I play it at the Sim Center, so it's, I can't do it at home. Um, but no diggity. Um, because you gotta, when you, when you have a patient, you gotta bag them up. You gotta bag them up, right? So we play that during the sim lab to demonstrate bag valve masking, and it's a lot of fun. All right, last one. What's your physical on planet happy place? What's the place that you or you and the family will just go and it, just going to see it and enjoy it and, and absorb it just gives you joy? I think I would have to say our temple. I think our temple is just our, our spiritual home to us is a very important place where I just go there and I just relish being at peace. Awesome. Doctor, thanks so much for your hard work. Uh, thanks again for joining us and meeting more of our outstanding leadership. If you want to get more involved in the education space, please come find us either here in Glenview or at the annual meeting. Hope to see you soon.